Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What are you talking about? This conversation can serve purpose. WBZ. Before we get started, just want to let you know, right out of the gate, severe thunderstorm warnings, Worcester County, until 12.30, which is about 22 minutes. So if you're in that area, there's some severe thunderstorms slipping through there, and uh, behave accordingly. Well, it's been some some time now since uh, we have gotten our first recreational adult use cannabis dispensaries. And I want to kind of circle around and follow up, as they say, uh, with our uh, the first and, and really only guest I've had on this topic, Kim Napoli, who is the Director of Diversity Programs and Marketing Specialist at New England Treatment Access, known affectionately as NETA. So thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me again. Well, uh, you haven't been here since it's been... Have you been here since it's been online? Because I, I remember you got really busy the, moment, yeah. the minute it got online. Yeah, I don't think that I've been here since we okay. started adult use. Well, before we get started, talk about your your uh, directorship of diversity programs. What do you do? So I uh, ensure that we are running a diverse and inclusive operation at NETA, uh, that we have representation from all members of our community, that we reflect the community and that we do is our best to bring in everyone and make sure that they have an opportunity to advance in the cannabis industry. Okay, and the marketing specialist part. So you have two parts, right? That's right, yeah. What's the other part? That's that's this. So uh, marketing, PR. Um, Coming and talking to me is the marketing part. That's right, yeah. So it doesn't really need a whole lot of marketing, right? Uh, the only thing you have to do is, is market <laughs> yourself versus the the others. That's right. I mean, we have, you know, we, we have uh, multiple locations. We've been open since uh, late 2015 in Massachusetts. We were the second to open without uh, an appointment in Massachusetts. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, sort of uh, automatic advertising, right, that, that comes along with that. That said, um, you know, we, we definitely want to get our message out there. So, you know. And what is your message? My message? Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, or, no, or as our far as, our message. Uh, Netta, well, let's see. Compliance is is king, and ensuring that the patient gets uh, a, treated the way that patients deserve to be treated, and they get quality, reliable medicine in a safe environment. Um, and what's compliance? Compliance with compliance with regulations, uh, both state and local. Okay, it's very important to us at Netta. All right, I guess a, a natural question would be what. Rules you have to comply to. What are the rules that you need to pay attention to? <laughs> um, I'm sure all of there them. are a lot of them. You can talk, <laughs> take the top 10 or five if you like. 
Yeah, the most important rules to follow um, would be 935 CMR one, uh, what 500, which are the uh, Cannabis Control Commission's regulations that govern how we do adult use cannabis, as well as now under that is the DPH regs, which were originally 105 CMR 725. Um, those regulate medical marijuana. Um, as we are a co-located operator, that is, we do both adult use sales and medical cannabis sales, we need to make sure that we are compliant with both. So what are some of the, you know, the top rules that you need to pay attention to? Uh, anyone who comes into the dispensary is 21 plus and right. verified as such. They yeah. have an ID that states that's valid, that states that they're 21 plus and or that they are a medical patient and they have a valid medical patient ID. Uh, those would be the primary things. And of course, uh, all of the ways in which we get our cannabis to the patient or the consumer are very important. That's an integral to our, our entire operation. We have to make sure that we do, are doing that according to the regulations. Okay. I'm sure that as after you opened, you saw the situation and you evolved, if there was any evolution necessary, did you make any changes, any tweaks, any adjustments in any of your dispensaries after have seeing the reality of absolutely. how it works? What, yeah, what, absolutely. Is it, well, what changed? You know, and this that question is sort of a, a long game, right? We we predicted that there would be certain changes or certain accommodations we would have to make in our dispensaries prior to opening for adult use. So in order to accommodate for what we anticipated to be a very large demand, we expanded our operations. We um, And that includes ramping up production that includes hiring a lot more staff both in our franklin cultivation and processing facility as well as in the dispensaries themselves that's northampton and brookline we also changed the interiors to accommodate for the uh, anticipated volume of sales we added more checkout stations we uh, doubled our server size we just basically made sure that we were going to be able to receive the people that would be coming um, since then, we've refined it further. Since we opened our doors, that is for adult use sales, we've further refined the process just to make things run smoother. All right, and there are you serve both patients and rec recreational adult use. That's right. What is the difference in the patient or what, the experience of the of the consumer, depending on whether they are a patient or an adult use person? Patients don't wait in line. Um, you know, we would not be here without our patients. We, they are our most valued patrons. Uh, we want to make sure that their experience remains as unchanged as possible and that they are still able to get the reliable cannabis and medicine and experience of being a patient at NetEd as they always have. So they don't wait in line. Uh, they enjoy specific selections of product that are reserved only for patients, and that's in addition to the 35% of inventory that is always available to patients. So there's a minimum that must be available to patients so that they don't run out. Is that a law or just your... Uh... That's a law. If you're co-located, you have to have at least 35% of your available inventory specifically reserved for patients. And there are differences in the amount that you can purchase Right. That's right. There's no limit for what patients can purchase. Occasionally, we'll you know instill certain limits, but that's for patients. There are none for adult use. That's where you're going to see the limits. Patients also don't pay the 20% tax on product that adult use patrons pay. Um, patients can purchase adult use cannabis. They would just need to show their ID as far as saying that they're an adult, 21 years of age or older. That's valid. They would also pay the tax, but they don't have to if they purchase on the medical side, which is a huge benefit. It is. 20% yeah, benefit. It can, it can be quite a bit. If you're a patient, um, you might be purchasing at a volume. You might be purchasing some of the um, more premium products that cost more. Right. And that's really where it's going to hit you, that tax. So if you're a patient, the man keeps track of everything you buy. If you're adult use, they don't. They can, by law. <laughs> so they can. No, they cannot. They so cannot. So they that's cannot. for people, that, 
some say it's worth it to get a medical card if if you can. But when you have a medical card, the man keeps That's right. Yeah, you the, can log into your uh the every they keep a list of everything you, see, you right, which every is kind of purchase you've ever a little made. bit off putting since it's a federally illegal absolutely and we've seen uh once the trump administration came in they did make a request of massachusetts for the dph to turn over all the records of patient cannabis sales which was unsettling and the dph i know refused to comply with that which is reassuring but the fact that the inquiry was made yeah. is unsettling any idea what the trump administration wanted to use that for uh, I believe their uh, their purpose was just a general information gathering about the medical marijuana systems in this in the country. But I mean, you know, what general is that gathering really information? Right? Why would they, you need the names of people? You'd have to ask them. You could just get numbers. <laughs> Why would you need the names and the and you could the get information? statistics? You wouldn't need the names and addresses. Right. That's of a little people. unsettling. Yeah. So lists wh- lists can be sketchy. So while there's some benefits to the medic being becoming a patient, a medical patient, for example, no line, better uh, selection, and you don't pay the tax, you do get on the list. You do. There's also another benefit. So in uh, 2017, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court decided a case uh, that allowed for anyone who is a card-carrying medical patient to basically fall under the protections of our anti-discrimination statute. So if you have a medical marijuana card and you're an employee and your employer finds out that you're using cannabis, they cannot just outright fire you for that. They need to go through an interactive dialogue with you, a process by which they find out, you know, it can can cannabis be a reasonable accommodation? It's not required to be a reasonable accommodation, but that is something that they need to go through a process to figure out. So job protections, I mean, that's a, that's a very nice benefit of having the card. Okay, uh, but you don't get, the man doesn't know what you bought or if you bought anything if you're adult use. That's right. And unless that's, they catch you. Unless, <laughs> unless they, they catch, catch you, you smoking it, right? in someone's backyard <laughs> right. illegally. Which is illegal. Interesting. So what kind of choices are you seeing people make? Are they choosing to go the adult route, the adult use route to save anonymity or the other route to save money? Uh, we've so the as far as uh, the last time I checked, the numbers uh, that the commission of the DPH had released stated that the patient numbers were still escalating. They're still going up, so we are seeing patients stay in the medical marijuana program. The ratio is about the same. Well, it's there not, was I I don't know what the full okay. number of you know what the comparison is, but I think it is significant that we're seeing that the patient program is not going away. Okay, at the expense of adult use. Cannabis, we don't say pot around here. Do by the way, Kim Napoli, our guest of Netta, New England Treatment Access. The word pot, it seems the press uses the word pot a lot. Oh, do, you, I love it. do you get a sense that that's a negative? This, they use that as a negative? I do feel like it's a little bit of a, a jab. It's a little bit pot. Of a, it's the closest derogatory term they can use, you pot. know? It's <laughs> uh, pot shops. Like, pot shops. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm not, it's, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it. I tend to say cannabis, but cannabis. I, I accept that people say marijuana. That's a very common term for people to use. Yeah. So Cannabis conjures you know. up images of lab coats and, <laughs> and lab work and lab results. Well, you know, it's, uh, to me, I'm, I'm from uh, the whole plant, right? Hemp is, is part of my, right. my area, you, my wheelhouse. For many so. years, you ran a place called, or you still do. Yes, yeah, still with the hempist. The hempist. That's right, yeah. And I actually... What do you? I, I don't mean to, this to be a, an advertisement for you, but what do you sell there? We sell hemp clothes. Hemp clothes. Are they scratchy? 
Oh, uh, no. See, so, I, I, I had a hemp <laughs> shirt once and it was scratchy and I, it turned me off. I'll have to check it you out. You probably had a 100% hemp shirt that wasn't so uh, refined. So okay. we have, um, there's hemp tensile, there's hemp bamboo, there's hemp soy. There's all sorts of uh, hemp blends that are great. And, um, you know, we have our own hemp clothing line as well, the Hempus line. Uh, so we sell hemp shoes, shirts, pants, socks, uh, food, paper, anything that you can make out of plastic, you can also make out of hemp. Anything you can make out of cotton, you can also make out of hemp. So... If you need anything from that's uh, hemp derived, come to the hempus. That includes CBD. Okay, uh, we have Jim and Walpole. So this will, things will loosen up here a little bit once we take a call. Jim and Walpole, say hi to Kim of New England Treatment Access. Hey Brad, how you doing? Hey Jim. Hey Jim. Uh, you know, I feel so like um, the whole uh, hemp thing, like it was uh, Dow Chemicals or whatever it may be. Uh, not not to point out one particular. Uh, situation but i feel as though they've it was a conspiracy to 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 drown the hemp plant because of the medicinal effects of it back in the day you know i was what was it 1935 or whatever 1937 yeah Yeah. 1937 i'm not totally clear what you're saying it seems like kim is more clear do you, do you yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. There's, there. I mean, it was mostly and in large part the medicinal benefits, but also paper because hemp can be used for paper, and uh, the tree mill people were really, you know, they wanted to remain uh, in control of of that market, and uh, hemp had to go. You know, it used to be required to sell hemp and uh, you know to farm hemp and. Uh, people use it for medicine. People for national for, security. Right. Reason. People were yeah. people were using it for medicine. Um, there are people who are you know still alive today who would tell you that they use that. They got that as a prescription to use for their asthma because it's a bronchodilator. And this is cannabis we're talking about as far as um, with the oh, THC yeah, in it. Yeah, it's like uh, sorry, it's uh, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but you know, like uh, everyone's done it from the founding fathers till now, and I feel so. Uh, you know, I I get drug tested. Which is so bogus that they they're taking my bodily fluids. I feel as though it's uh, against the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. Um, but anyway, I signed the contract, so they you know uh, I'm I'm under it, you know. Yeah. But um, I I, I like I I'd rather um, you know partake if you know what I mean mm-hmm. than drink a bunch of alcohol drinks. Sure. And sure. I feel like I'm stuck in a, a catch 22 where if I, if I do it, I get fired. If I don't, I feel like the PTSD from all my military service, um, just eats me alive. That's interesting. You know I mean, for you, saying? it's, for you, it's actual medication. And it's interesting that your oh. job can tell you, you can't not take this medication. So you might, I mean, I you cannot. might ask, are you a medical patient? I'm not because if I, I, I feared that if I got my medical card, then it would replicate on my uh, yeah. situation that I'm with my job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I would fear that too. There are some job protections yeah. for people who are medical patients. I'm not sure what position you're in. If you are, a, uh, if your employer is a federal contractor or is the federal government, then there's going to be some very hard and fast exclusions. But if your if your employer is not either of those, then you might actually be within your rights under Mass Law to use cannabis. So I would urge well, you. Well, I'm a to... firefighter in Massachusetts, so okay. like okay. they just do not allow it. You know. Yeah, no, no. That safety sensitive <laughs> positions are very different. There are very strict, um, you know, drug free workplace rules that that must be adhered to, and 
sounds like you're in one of them. So, you know, it's a tough situation to be in, but hopefully, you know, there'll be a, a path forward in a way that, you know, cannabis is, is possible to be used uh, without intoxicating effects. And, you know, we're, we're getting there. We have topicals, we have CBD um, and CBC and CBG and CBN and other, other cannabinoids that we're exploring. And, you know, I, as I said, I think there's a coming, a path forward. I think if you could just hold on a little bit longer, we How might long? get there. I just, how long till you retire, Jim? Like the, uh, I'm sorry. How long till you retire? Uh, ten, well, I could retire in ten years, but oh, you know, ten years is a long time. That's but right. um, I'm hoping they have that um, the um, the kind of breathalyzer, you know, because that's like we're under the breathalyzer, and then you have a uh, a P test as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I understand the P test, even though I feel as though that's against my fourth. Uh, amendment, but the breathalyzer would be great because I feel as though you know cannabis is my key. That's that's what keeps me alive. Mm-hmm. But I can't do it, so I drink my face off, which is horrible. Well, it's very important for employers um, to understand that uh, the presence of cannabis in the bloodstream is not an indication of impairment. Right. Not it's not the same as alcohol or another drug. Um, it, it cannabis uh, will stay in your system for a long time and you might use cannabis in a way that you've never been intoxicated or, or impaired from its use. But rather the use is allowing you to perform your job or to drive a car. You I've, know, so there's ways in I've which I've never that, been intoxicated at work. Never once. Ever. Yeah. I, I, it's too serious of a job. Yeah. To ever to ever even think about uh, even drinking or, you know, anything like that at work or even the night before work, I don't, I don't drink, but I would love to partake. But at the same time, you know, 15 to 30 days is a long time. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't make sense to me because I, I could, I, I'm not allowed to smoke, but I, I love the edibles. I love to take like one piece of chocolate as a nightcap you know, yeah, like, and it just—it it makes so much more sense to me. Hey, Jim, and, hang in there. Hang in there. Sure, we'll, hopefully, yeah, we'll get. Hopefully, there'll be a test for impairment, and then the companies won't be allowed to put that. Right, in. or we'll understand, you know, the ways in which cannabis actually is metabolized in the body, and the cannabinoids, the different cannabinoids, affect the body, and uh, we won't have just a blanket prohibition on its use in the workplace. We'll have a, a more. A reasonable understanding of how the plant works and the ways in which it can be helpful to people such that it shouldn't just be excluded per se. So only two minutes till the break, so I'll ask probably a shorter question here. What are you finding that are the popular products now that folks can come in en masse and shop around? What what tends to be popular? Flour. (laughs) Is the most popular. People love flour. People love uh, the lumens. It's like a little... uh, jelly gems good size it's an edible um it's candy it's a, got a good flavor um yeah those would be the, the most popular lumens gems do you know. have any idea who are first timers and what their their favorite things are as opposed to folks that have experience with cannabis um well i think that the first timers stay away from the concentrates at least you know because just like anecdotally they've heard I'm going to go buy some weed, right? I'm right. going to go buy some a pre-roll, which is uh, formerly known as a joint. They call them pre-rolls now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really flour. That's the staple. That's what people want huh. to get the most of. Yeah. I thought those 
uh, Ram Pen vaporizers. The vaporizers would would be the winner. I guess I'm wrong. I would think so too. But I mean, and don't get me wrong. People love them. Yeah. You know, everyone loves a good vaporizer. But it's just that people don't know off the bat about vaporizers. That's more of a bit like uh, of a mind blow, <laughs> mind blowing thing that I use a vaporizer and it's like. What? You have people of all ages from all walks of life coming in, and the one thing that everyone knows is cannabis flower. I, I'm not a big fan of the sugar, sugary edibles. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, the chocolate bar, the recent chocolate bar incident in the Martha's Vineyard. The people that passed out. Yes, yeah. like it's a chocolate bar. You know, because you don't, you don't have a Valium, like M&Ms in an M&M bag. It's mm-hmm. like candy and medicine. And I know it's not all medicine, some recreational, but mm-hmm. I guess I'll probably keep away from that. An hour is not enough time, which is mm-hmm. it's good. I like it when that when it's like that. There's a lot to talk about. Now we talked about talking about delivery, mm-hmm. and there's some areas of delivery we can get into, some we can't. But I can't help thinking that delivery. My gut tells me delivery should have been the initial way that people would get their cannabis. It seems to make more sense. When you roll out the brick and mortar stores, it's expensive for you. You have to rent a place or buy a place. You have to hire staff. You have to hire uh, uh, detail police. Mm-hmm. You have to work with the community to make sure that you take care of their concerns. Uh, and of course, if you have a brick and mortar place, the community, especially in the beginning, faces a significant burden of traffic, parking, uh, p- Automotive traffic, foot traffic, mm-hmm. and just the kind of irritation of people breaking the law in their area. And even if they're not real hardcore criminals, which they're probably not, you know, they're nuisance. You, they they get their cannabis and they light it up. Mm-hmm. And the, and there are so many people coming through. It does impact the quality of life in the town. Mm-hmm. So all that would be addressed with simple delivery. And then my vision is pretty simple. There may be problems with it. There must be problems with it because they didn't adopt it. But you would just go online. You would order. You would pay. You'd put in your ID, I guess. Or There's got to be a way. And then it gets delivered and you show the ID and you get your cannabis. Right. And it could, could be delivered. You know, We don't have to make a big deal out of who delivers it. It could be UPS. Thoughts? Yeah. I'm sure if somebody <laughs> thought about all this and rejected it, why did it get rejected? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, UPS would love to get in on all that, um, yeah. <laughs> to get in on the delivery. Um, I, I'm with you. I think that delivery is, a, is an excellent opportunity for people in Massachusetts, particularly people in the economic empowerment and social equity groups um, right. that are required Which is your department. to be right that are required to be included under the law in Massachusetts in this industry. Um, as you said, it has very low barriers to entry. Um, that is the you know financial, the ability to raise capital, the access to finances. That is one of the largest barriers to people getting into this industry, and to not have to have you know the capital to sustain a rent while you're going through this application process that can take three to six months or more, um, would be a real benefit to these communities that really need the economic push. So I'm with you. Um, I also, you know, at the advisory board, we made recommendations to launch a delivery pilot program for specific groups in those equity groups. Uh, We had the support from police officers and law enforcement who are also on the advisory board for that. Um, 
specifically for the pilot program, the concerns they voiced centered around, as far as opposition, the concerns they voiced were uh, for safety. You know, what about the drivers? What about the people who are um, getting delivery? How do we know that they're going to be getting what they ordered, that they're not going to get held up? And, you know, my question is, well, how do we know that the pizza guy is not going to get well, held up? Well, yes, we had this discussion. What as Amazon seems to... Right? Work it out okay. Amazon, I mean, they have a truck full of expensive stuff. Millions of dollars are being delivered through the city, <laughs> through the state of Massachusetts yeah. every day. And those things seem to make it to where they're going. And that includes alcohol deliveries. That includes prescription drug deliveries. Yeah. And for the record, we actually do have delivery of cannabis in Massachusetts. It has been functioning for years now under the original DPH regs that were released. Medical marijuana dispensaries were actually required to at a date in the future required to provide delivery so that people could have access, the patients could have access to cannabis. They eventually took out the requirement and said that it was optional. So dispensaries like um, In Good Health in Brockton, they launched the, fir launched the first statewide delivery program and they'll deliver to you, um, I think everywhere except Martha's Vineyard um, in Nantucket, they'll deliver to you. So you're here in Boston, they'll, they'll drive up from Brockton and deliver to you. So we know that it works. And they've never had a problem. They have a robust system. They have security. They do it. I've had delivery from them, and it's fine. Is it something financial that I'm just – are there powerful people that would lose money with if delivery happened? I mean, that's usually the thing. I think the the, lar the biggest fear with – you know, the, the biggest fear, the biggest problem is just this ongoing issue with the federal government, the conflict there, the fact that it is illegal on the federal level, and the fact that, you know, at any point – we could see uh, some sort of undesirable action from the feds, and that's really what's keeping people from embracing all the you know opportunities that cannabis provides. What kind of uh, undesirable action might they take? <laughs> what could they do? I mean, they, it is already illegal, right? They could, you know, the, well, I, I hate to get into the they could enforce, but they could enforce the law that you know that they have, and we've we've seen um, Andrew Lelling, our our state attorney for the federal government here in Massachusetts, say, I intend him. to. Right, I intended to force law, but at the same time, you know, not prioritizing certain things over over other things. We have a very real opioid epidemic going on. We know who the criminals there are, and we're seeing them uh, get what's due to them these days. So, you know, I, I I appreciate the fact that certain attentions are you know being uh, focused on where they need to be and not on the cannabis industry. But that doesn't mean the law doesn't need to change. You know, there there are certain laws at the federal level being put forth right now, including the States Act, that would support cannabis industries and states that have legalized for adult use sales and for, med for medical. Um, and those really, we need to see action at the federal level before I think we'll find the comfort that we all long for. And that includes in banking. Yes, but it's come so far now. I don't really see how it so much. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, well, folks are all in statewide. Yeah, you think that, and then we have things like uh, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Certain laws suddenly change, and you know, it's we're in a very unpredictable time. I, I am with you. I feel like we the the needle is moving, but that pendulum also does swing. So I think uh, it's going to swing the other know, way, and the, and the feds are going to say this is ridiculous. I would agree. There's a lot of money to be had there, and it's, uh, you know, more states have, uh, what is it, one in six Americans or more lives in a state with some form of legalization. That's a huge number. If, if it gets legal, federally legal, will they impose a federal tax as well? I imagine they would. <laughs> I, what they need to do is rewrite the tax codes that 280E uh, doesn't exist. That's the, the, the killer for all cannabis businesses. It allows you or it requires you to pay more to be in this business. Um, this is one of the reasons why the illicit market is still thriving, 
because it's just so impossible and almost unreasonable to get into the cannabis industry unless you have a lot of money. So when we talk about lowering barriers to entry, it's not just at the local level, it's also at the federal level. There are certain task groups and trade trade associations that are developing to address these issues on a national level. I do think we'll see movement sometime in the next two years um, towards legalization. And we want to make sure that when that happens, it's the legalization we want and not Prohibition 2.0. Okay. With the travel, the expense, because with the 20% total tax, six, I think it was six and a quarter state and 1075 for the for the commission, they they get a ten point seven five chunk, right? Out of, out of that. Well, that, that's we don't need to break it down. There's twenty percent tax. Twenty percent. Everybody tax knows right. that. Right. So with that expense, it's, it's pretty expensive anyway. Then the twenty percent tax and the travel, and the lines. Do you think perhaps after the novelty wears off, that people, some people, may go back to the dude down the street? Um, I think it's. <laughs> Yes, in some in some ways, yes, I do think that, but I think it's more of an, an option, right? Like you go, people go frequent a place because they have a product that they like. Yeah, and that's really what I think keeps keeps your customers loyal to. We'll see if they we see if they keep coming product. back because it, right. I mean, they haven't been that open that long, so somebody could have gone there, and gone once, gone twice, and it's still novel. Mm-hmm. It's novel enough, so hey, I'm actually, I'm sure lots of people went there just to perform the act of. Openly buying cannabis. Absolutely. The four-hour lines on day one, that's absolutely what that was. People and like be there for the novelty of it. After the novelty wears off, it's like, oh, I, I got to go all the way down there and stand in line again. Maybe go back to their old guy. Well, I guess what I'm saying, old guy or old gal. Sorry. <laughs> I, the way things are kind of leaves a black... Black market incentive, illicit market incentive. Yes, yeah. yes. Agreed. Uh, there, well, yeah, absolutely. The 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 lack of stores that are open. I mean, there need to be more shops open, not just in Massachusetts, but on the eastern seaboard. That's why we're seeing so much business because we're the first state to open for adult use sales on the eastern seaboard. So this this number of shops opening slow, rolling out carefully. Of course, while it's doing this slowly, certain communities bear a significant burden. Why is it slow? I mean, what well, is the whole? Well, the commission up? has a huge task. You know, I think they're doing a, a great job. Um, they not only are they, and this is the commission, including the commissioners and the staff. The staff is responsible for reviewing applications, for uh, inspecting the facilities, for doing everything that needs to be done to get them to open. So, uh, Commissioner Hoffman at a recent meeting stated that they're moving at a clip of about three to five licenses issued per month. And that they would expect that to at least stay the same or slightly increase over time. But it's a pretty good, I mean, yes, there was delays getting to this point. But whereas they're still promulgating regulations, review, changing what they've already done, creating new ones, I think three to five is a good number. Um, and that includes the processing, the cultivation, and retail. So, And soon to be the micro businesses and you know all the other types of licenses that are. Tell me some of the micro businesses about some of the spinoffs that... Who I wouldn't have thought of that you probably did. Well, the so micro businesses specifically would be uh, the cultivation and uh, retail or processing and retail. It's small square footage, and it has reduced fees for licensing. So it's it's a s- specific type of license. There are other types of businesses that were sort of mixed use that were contemplated under the original statute or under the original regulations when they came out in 2017. Uh, those were like the yoga 
you know, smoking while you're doing yoga and having a nail yeah. salon. And um, there was all sorts of ideas. And I think there are some really cool ideas there, you know, that you could uh, that you could see conceive of coming to fruition. But they're not allowed under the okay. law this time. Back to edibles. And not only the edibles you sell, but edibles like brownies and all. I just want to two people talk and share. Mm-hmm. I want my brownies to be brownies. Mm-hmm. And I want my <laughs> cannabis to be cannabis. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't like blueberry beer either. Mm-hmm. You don't? No. You don't like the Wachusa blueberry beer? Really? No, nah, I want I'm beer tasting beer. I like that. Good summer <laughs> Maybe beer. It's just Are you me. even from Massachusetts? Cause... Am I from Massachusetts? <laughs> no, I'm from New Hampshire. Well, there you go. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I, that's just me, but do you enjoy the, like the sweeter edibles? Um, this is a matter of taste, not legality. I, I think, you know, I'm I'm a tincture person. Yes, me too. I like to have control like, over my yes, dosage. Yes. I like to know exactly what it is I'm getting. And you can take a tincture and you could put it into a beverage if you wanted to. You can get that right down and you to know what you're putting in there. You know what you're putting in there. You have your own flavor that you've created. At Netto, we sell uh, Elevation Oil. We also just, if you buy the Elevation Oil, you get this awesome cookbook that has, gives you a bunch of recipes that we've uh, put together some fan fa- fan favorites, um, but you can make your own edibles at home. So you don't need to go and buy, you know, anything you would put oil in, take the olive oil out, okay. put the elevation oil in, you've got yourself your own edible. Now, tincture, tincture's not an oil, is it? It goes subli- sublingually and more, more made to absorb under the tongue. Our tincture is based in MCT oil, so it is based in an oil, but it's one that, as you said, is easily absorbed. So under that's the under the tongue? Right. Which... Gets into the system a little more quickly than it has to go into your right. stomach, and a little more controllable, and mm-hmm. it doesn't last as long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's. Yep. We have short, another ten minutes, and I have a couple more questions. Sure. That would be I need to talk to you. What have you two been talking about behind my back? Hey, you've got to tune to Bradley J. Bradley J. J. Talking. Ooh. WBZ News Radio 1030. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. We gotta talk. Well, when can we talk? Over there is a very capable radio. 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 Get me someone on the other end of that radio. It's Bradley J, you know. Bradley J. J talking. You hear him talking on your radio. I can hear you. WBZ News Radio 1030. I don't know much, but I do know it's Friday, and I'm all about that. <laughs> Walter in Boston, thanks for checking in with me, with Kim Napoli, uh, Director of Diversity Programs and Marketing at NETA, which is a cannabis dispensary for both adult use and for medical use. Walter, let's click click you on here. Uh, there you go, Walter. You are you are on the air. Hi, Walter. How are you doing? 
Good. How are you? So I wanted to know, you know, especially when it comes to like the edibles, you know, um, because, you know, when when kids are around and you have candy that that's, you know, uh, laced with with cannabis and a kid, you know, it's like if 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 you eat eat a brownie. You don't get, you know, you, the effects don't go, it has to go through your digestive system first mm-hmm. before. So it takes like, like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes or half an hour or so before you, you actually feel the effects of it. And if you take, if you eat too much of it at one time, it'll get you really, really high. You know, it, it, it's not like smoking a joint or, you know, a rollie or whatever you want to call it. But, um, and the there's also you know um it, and i'm not talking about cbd because i think you know that in itself is a is a is a very it might be a very helpful thing uh like for for medical you know for medical use but I, i'd like to know what the percentage of, of of people who actually use it for medical use and as opposed to the people that use it to get high and the the um the psychological and mental um dispositions that that come from it um you know i I have a a big family and and a lot of people in my family have have used it and use it um i i have a a niece right now who who smokes you know as soon as she gets up in the morning until she goes to bed at night and it's it's also addictive so it's not you know uh, marijuana is an addictive um substance and there's 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 a negative side to to all this positive stuff that you you guys are talking about. Well, and, you've, you know, run, you've unpacked a lot there. Yeah. So first, I'm actually I'm actually going to gently disagree with you. I do I do think you know any any whenever we talk about cannabis and its use, we're talking about responsible use. That's very important. You know that if you have kids and I have kids. Um, it's very, alcohol. it's very important People that you keep. Can you uh, without... do it? Yeah. Can you let Kim finish? It's very important that you exercise uh, responsible use um, and Good. common common sense. And uh, you know, I I think it's <laughs> as far as cannabis goes, it's non lethal, and that's something that um, you know m- millions and millions of dollars have been spent by the federal government and other agencies and, and bodies to prove that there's something wrong with cannabis, and they haven't been able to do that. We still have no actual proof of deaths from cannabis. Clear, even even um, edibly clear that up. Can you get sick, seriously ill from eating um, too much cannabis? I mean, it's, it, it, I guess it depends on what you're eating, right? I mean, if, if we're talking about strictly cannabis, there, if you talk about a, an amount of cannabis that would need to be lethal in order to, uh, to eat it in, in order to be lethal, you would pass out before you got to that point that you could eat that much. So... Um, you get high, you fall asleep. You get uncomfortably you high. You get uncomfortably high, right. That's No one's saying that you're going to... Maybe what about you these don't feel good, the, but... Sorry, I, I, there's only four minutes. What about the people in the vineyard who claim they passed out onto the floor? At a bar? At a... They were I at think a bar. It was a, it was a pub. So you think it was alcohol involved? I'm... I'm <laughs> if they're at a pub, I mean, generally you don't go there to okay. enjoy the atmosphere. It's so the other thing, alcohol there. But I'm I don't know the specifics, so I can't say. But I would wager those people ate that, and as the as Walter said, it takes some time for for edibles to kick in. So who knows how much they ate and what else they took? That there was cannabis present in their system to me doesn't indicate that it's all the cannabis's fault. I'd like to know the rest of the facts before I made a judgment call. You know, a simple thing we could do is have. Single dose edibles, like instead of 
10 dose candy bars have little, right? you know, Hershey kiss size. Right. One dose, one wrapper, that's it. That and might be a good thing. And, and that's why the law requires that any edible sold to adult use has a maximum of 100 milligrams per package, and each individual uh, piece has to be 5 milligrams and demarcated as such, so people know what they're taking. And I, I've got to say, I would rather my kids uh, get into cannabis than anything under the um, under the sink in my house as far as like cleaning products go, because a Tide Pod, that well, will kill them, Right. Well, if, if they drink uh, Ajax, that will kill them. I don't think that's a fair, um, you know, uh, comparison because I do. I do think it know, is. Those things are regularly sold. Those are also regulated, and they're available over the counter, just like cannabis is. Yeah. I think you have to be responsible in every aspect. If you're an adult and you have children, it's not just when it comes to cannabis. So if you have kids, don't buy the candy cannabis. Well, yeah, and if if you do, keep it away from your kids. Keep it locked up. It's, yeah. it's possible well, to be a responsible yeah. adult. And I also would say that there is an argument that all cannabis use is medicinal. So I can't give you a specific percentage of how many people are using it, quote, to get high and how many are using it medicinally. Um, I think we need to move away from the, the normal constructs that we've come to adopt and accept as true when it comes to the way that we use cannabis. Um, is, is it bad? Is it good? Um, is it safe? Is it not? I think there's there's more work to do there. Walter, if you'd like to, I want to put you on hold. If you want to continue, I don't, certainly don't want to cut you off. I do want to say a proper goodbye to Kim. Thank you for coming all the way out here. Thank and you for hanging out with me. us again. And, all and the, thanks for your call, Walter. All the best to you and yours, Walter. Please feel free to hang out there and and uh, make your feelings known after this break on WBZ. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.